KYW News Radio Original Podcasts. This is the Rundown, Philadelphia's local news podcast. I'm Jay Scott Smith here with Sabrina Boyd Circa. Brian Seltzer, he's decided to get an early start on his holiday, and who could blame him? We'll be taking off soon, too. But we have a few more of these holiday things to take care of, and we want to share with you first. Jay, you know, I've always been very interested in Kwanzaa. It's one of those winter holidays that you d- you definitely don't hear as much about as Christmas or even Hanukkah, and a lot of people don't really know what it is, what it means, what it celebrates. So we're let's take a look at that today. It's a multicultural celebration day here on the Rundown Kwanzaa, of course, for the African diaspora, African Americans celebrating it. And we'll learn a lot today when we talk to Ivan Henderson from the African American Museum of Philadelphia. But we're also going to have our first back-to-back guest in a while, mm-hmm. Hadas Kuznets, who just joined us yesterday to talk about the Termini brothers and the way they were able to save Christmas cannolis. Well, now she gets to come on today and talk about a child celebration that you'll hear over the next few days on KYW News Radio. Yeah, and you said multicultural celebration, right? So the point of a child celebration is to talk to children who celebrate all kinds of holidays. So we're going to hear what some of those are from this year and also what it was like, because this is her 20th year of doing this, going back and talking to kids that are now teenagers who she interviewed way back in the day. It's It was really just a heartwarming moment. I was in the room recording when she talked to one of them. It, it was so cool and so fun and so adorable. Those kids are so adorable. It's it's like I've always said this is when you when you do these interviews, kids give you some of the best audio because they're for one, they're just ridiculously cute. And two, you never really know what's going to be coming out of them. It's like kids and pets. You don't know what you're going to get out of them. You just know it's going to be awesome. That's right. And we're going to talk more about a child celebration on yet another holiday edition of the Rundown. And I know this might feel like deja vu, but for the second straight day. We welcome Hadas Kuznets here to the podcast. Of course, I would say it's been a long time. <laughs> 24 hours can be a long time to some people. It's good to have you back once again. How lucky am I? Two days in a row. Good to be here, Jay. As hard as it is to believe, you've been here for 20 years at KYW News Radio. I know. How is that possible when, like, I'm still the same age? <laughs> One of the things you've loved to do is the yearly child celebration. The series currently running on air and online here at KYW News Radio. And we wanted to talk about it more with you. So I guess let's just start at the beginning. Where did the idea for a child celebration come from? And what have you enjoyed the most about this over the last 20 years? Well, this is my favorite feature of the year. And um, it really is a special feature to me. Um, I started doing this feature like three months into when I first started working at KYW News Radio in September 2002. Well, uh, about three news directors ago, I had a news director who had a son who was in kindergarten. And in December of 2002, his kindergarten class came for a tour of the building. That was also about like three or four buildings ago. And uh, they came around. We were in Old City at the time. They came around. They they did a tour of the station. And my news director said, go speak with, you know, shout out to Jordan, her son, and his classmates, and we'll see what we can do with it later. Well, I remember, you know, sitting on the floor with them, asking them about their holidays. And it was really, really special. And um, I have to say, I felt really good because, like, 
I won an award for it that year from the Pennsylvania Association of Broadcasters Award. I'd been at the station three months. Um, and since then, this, the feature has garnered many awards. It's really like a favorite. And even though it only runs once a year, it's one of those features that people remember and they, um, they remind me about it like throughout the year. So you've talked to a bunch of kids every year. And just from the last couple of years that I've heard it, it's some of just the most adorable stuff you can think of. Just these little ones where you just start asking them questions and little kids about five or six years old, you ask them something, they just get going and they'll just say random, random things. You talk to a bunch of kids this year for the 20th anniversary. What were some of your favorite stories that these kids shared with you? Oh, so many. Um, well, this year and previous years, there's so much to say about this feature. Um, I, I love, you know, bringing in diversity to the holidays because this time of the year we think a lot about Christmas. And, yeah, we do have some really great Christmas stories, but we also have stories of Diwali and Hanukkah. In previous years we also had, I believe, uh, uh, some kids of the Baha'i religion. Um, so it really does, like, kind of shed light, literally shed light. This is the time of the year where all the winter holidays have to do with light. How do you celebrate Diwali? By going to my cousin's house and lighting something called a dia, which is like a light that we put around ourselves to show kindness to God. It's beautiful, like so pretty. Does anybody celebrate with you? Yeah, my cousins, my mom, my dad, and my goldfish, and my dog, and sometimes my grandma. Beyond all of that, it's really a feature about innocence and magic and like just fantastical imaginations and like being a kid. I mean, this time of the year is about, you know, being a kid, living life through the eyes of children. I mean, this is how you really get to experience the holidays to the fullest, I feel like, is if you have a niece or a nephew or a child or a friend. That innocence is so beautiful. And, you know, kids have a really simplistic way of looking at things and they take everything like at face value, which is how they come up with these like imaginative ideas about things. Um, but yeah, like I, I just love the in innocence. And let me tell you, there, there have been some crazy stories. Like there, there's a method to interviewing five-year-olds. You just have to like kind of set them up and wait because they're thinking like I can see it in their faces. You have to pay attention. I mean, there's, I remember one time I was interviewing a five-year-old. Uh, I think this was at Friend Select School and we were sitting in kind of the administration office and they had this big chair. And in the beginning of the interview, I'm talking to this kid. By the end of the interview, the kid was literally like his head was down, his feet were up and I'm like following him with the microphone. Um, <laughs> but like kids need that and they're very kind of floppy and they need to move and, you know, they think in certain ways. And uh, you just kind of ask them these open-ended questions and they will go with it. I know I'm going off a little bit, but I do remember this one time. This was, oh God, must have been over 10 years ago. This one time in particular, I asked this little girl a question about like, you know, I was asking her about where do the presents come from? Where does, you know, see, you know, and she was telling me that the, you know, the elves make the presents. And I said, you know, where do they come from? And she said, well, uh, you know, Santa gets the elves and, 
And I guess he finds them. And I guess, and then she's like thinking about like, where did they come from? She goes, I guess he kidnaps them from their families. And she's making up this story. <laughs> Meanwhile, she's horrifying herself as she's explaining it to me. And I was like, just listening to her. And she was just like, I guess that's how it happens. And she's like <laughs> horrified about these kidnapped elves, but they come up with like the craziest you know, the craziest stuff. Hadass, didn't you play me one the other day of someone saying that the elves come from Mrs. Claus's belly? Yes. I hope that you throw in a clip of Gladys from this year because she was my girl. I really love Christmas. It's my favorite time of year. Four-year-old Gladys has good reason to love this season. When's your birthday? On Christmas evening. And Christmas is almost here. How do you celebrate your birthday on Christmas Eve? Santa always gives me presents on my birthday. Where does Santa get those presents from? From his elves help him make them. Where do the elves come from? Mrs. Claus's belly, of course. These are Mrs. Claus's babies? Yeah. How many baby elves does she have? 160 million. They just pop out of her belly and just jump. Also, she was so enthusiastic. She was just like, I love it so much. Oh, my gosh. Christmas is about getting presents and having so much fun with your family. And you get together and (sighs) it's so much fun. Oh, so sweet. Yes. And it's that enthusiasm and that like also that conviction. Like, listen, adult, I'm going to explain to you what happens during Christmas. Since you don't understand, here's here's how the presents are made. Here's where the elves come from. Obviously, you know, kids are the authority on Christmas. They really are. Hanukkah, Diwali. It's not just Christmas. All of them. These kids are young. But as you just mentioned, Hadass, these kids are super sharp. They're really smart kids. They got to think a little harder because those little brains are just getting working. But a lot of them are sharper than some adults, too. They're very compassionate, too. That always strikes me every year. Like, you know, the the kids that like they talk about, like, what's important in the holidays. And they're amazing. Like, yes, they love presents. But I also ask them questions like, is it better to give or to get? And they, you know, always say that it's also just important as is important to give presents. It's important to be kind to each other. It's important to do kind things and, you know, to enjoy your family time. Every kid, 100% of the time, I got to say, I'll go out on a limb here. They're always talking about how important it is to have family time. And they love the holidays because their families are together. And yeah, presents are great, but like these kids are, they know it's important. They're so compassionate. They talk about, you know, their siblings and their favorite memories. And it's really just joyous because those are the things that are important in life, in my opinion. Oh, absolutely. And another cool part of child celebration is that you were able to reconnect with a couple of these kids who are now in high school because these kids inevitably grow up. And how is it for you first seeing these kids now that they're 10, 11 years older? And what did they have to say when they heard what they were talking about as little ones seemingly just an eternity ago for them? I know. Yeah, this year we wanted to do something really special for the 20th year of the feature. And so uh, I reached out. I know that for the first several years we had done a lot of interviews exclusively with Abington Friends School. Um, So I reached out to the school and they um, reached out to some of the kids. I mean, the oldest kids, like that was 20 years ago. So like Jordan Russell, my news director's son, he's like 25, 26 now. These kids were... uh, 
I, I interviewed Maya in 2009 and Jeremiah in 2011. So they're like uh, 16 and almost 18. This is the first time they've heard their five-year-old selves. So it's really sweet because like, yes, we're used to seeing old photos of ourselves, maybe even videos, but there's something really special when you're in a studio and uh, you just like, there's something really special about like hearing that. It really feels like, that five-year-old is present. Like it's so vivid because audio just really lends itself to the imagination. So they hear their sweet baby voices and like you can hear them thinking like, um, so let me explain it to you. And those, those sweet, like innocent ideas and sounds. And, you know, when we first started doing this in 2002, I remember like my initial goal was like, I don't care what they say. It's just such a joy to hear their voices. And like if they say something cute, that's a bonus. Of course, it's evolved into so much more than that. But like just getting them to talk and hear those sweet voices is like you can just sit and listen to that. So it was really cool to hear, you know, with with Maya, she came in. She was talking about Hanukkah. I celebrate Hanukkah by eating good foods and playing a game and laying the menorah. And um, she doesn't even like really celebrate Hanukkah anymore, but she celebrated it because her grandmother celebrated it. I didn't even realize that I celebrated Hanukkah as a child. My, I know my grandmother was a quarter Jewish, so I do have that in me. But I also, I never realized that that was a part of my traditions as a, as a child. Um, however, now I do only celebrate Christmas. So kind of seeing like the, the duality, the difference of both of them and how far I guess I've come, but also understanding the importance of Hanukkah and other traditions as well is kind of, it's kind of um, running circles in my brain. <laughs> I find that to be kind of interesting that you had certain traditions that you've changed through the years. Mm -hmm. I think it also in part could probably do for my grandmother's passing. She passed when I was only oof, like two or three years old, but she was a big, cel she celebrated Hanukkah and um, other Jewish traditions. So her passing probably like, you know, altered some of our traditions here and there. She kind of talked about her memories of her grandmother and the holidays. Um, so that was really sweet. And it was also kind of sweet to see them grow up. Jeremiah, I, I think I remember him. Um, and then his mom, she burst into tears when she heard her son at five. And Santa is watching us. How does Santa see you? He has really good eyes and he sends Elf a wham and then he shows Santa the video. So they're looking at all the videotapes of all the kids in the world? Yeah. It doesn't even sound like the same kid. <laughs> Completely adorable. I can't even believe he be remembered all of that at five. He's turning 17. And at five, he was, had a lot of wisdom and understanding about what goes on in the world. And for me as a mom, it was also really special because, like, you're always trying to harness the moment. You really want to, like, hold on to every second and just, like, you don't want that moment to go. I know, like, when I'm putting my kids to bed and they fall asleep, I just, like, stay there a little bit extra because I want to, like, memorize the moment because I know tomorrow's and they're another day older. It's like a snapshot of time. It's, it's really, like, sentimental, even if you're not this particular kid's parent like just it reminds I know me other people of like you yourself as a kid or your own kids and it's just like a sweet little sweet memory that's a point I was actually going to bring up so 20 years ago which is again 
the fact that it, someone who was a little kid in Listen, Jay, I don't understand because 20 years ago it was 1980. So. <laughs> I was still in college in 2002, and now these kids are in their mid-20s. But I, it's a point I wanted to bring up. 20 years ago, you hadn't had any kids. What was the approach like maybe then compared to now that you've got children as opposed to being younger Hadass and you don't have kids and you're just kind of talking to these youngsters? How was, how's that evolved over time? That's a great question because I was actually just thinking about that recently as we were editing these together. But like it really has evolved personally and emotionally because as a kid, you know, I was a five year old myself. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, I, I was 20 years younger. And so I like without kids, I was just like sitting on the floor with them, just trying to get the most fantastical, imaginative like descriptions out of them. And so I was kind of like more on their level, but now I look at it from like a different perspective. Like I think of my own kids um, and I think about like how time is fleeting, you know, it moves so fast. So yeah, it, it means more to me just because it reminds me of my own kids, but like, yeah, this whole feature has evolved and it, it does mean so much to me because of that. Hadass, this is a, a really special series. It's won awards. It won awards just as soon as it got started, which should yeah. tell you the type of reach and the power that this thing has. How can people find the 2021 Child Celebration? So this year, a Child Celebration is running on our air, 103.9 FM and 1060 AM, seven times a day from December 18th through December 26th. And if you want to hear all of the segments together on our webpage, you can just go to kywnewsradio.com slash celebration. Hadass, thank you so much for coming back on consecutive days to, to talk to <laughs> us about all. She does so much that she has to come on here multiple days just to get it all in. Always a pleasure. It's one of the most adorable things you will ever hear are these kids on a child celebration. Hadass Kuznets, thank you so much for doing this. You betcha. And coming up next here on The Rundown, we take a look at how people here in the Philadelphia area are celebrating Kwanzaa. And you're listening to The Rundown. Welcome back to The Rundown. I'm Jay Scott Smith, along with Sabrina Boyd-Circa. And we've talked about Christmas and Hanukkah already. Everyone knows when, when I hear Happy Holidays, I actually like to talk about all of them. And there are several other holidays this time of year. And one that most people know about but maybe don't fully understand the meaning of is Kwanzaa. And here to tell us more about Kwanzaa, plus how you can actually honor the holiday here in the city of Philadelphia, is the Vice President of Programming at the African American Museum here in the city, Ivan Henderson. Ivan, thanks for being here with us today. Thank you for having me, and thank you for giving the museum a spotlight today. Oh, absolutely. I know the uh, the museum has Kwanzaa celebrations every year, so I want to talk about that. But first, let's kind of learn more about what Kwanzaa is. What does Kwanzaa celebrate, and what were the origins of it? So Kwanzaa, um, you know, just for clarity, and, and uh, thank you for asking. I think this year we've had an opportunity to deepen our understanding of a lot of things, um, but especially, you know, cultural production from uh, African-American communities. So Kwanzaa is a, is a uh, not a holiday, but a seven-day period for reflection and renewal, uh, which was founded by uh, Dr. Malana Karenga in 1968. Um, this was a 
obviously uh, a product of what was going on in civil rights and African-American and in fact, African diasporic sort of agency and getting to know oneself and the traditions we may have left behind as our different families and ancestors came to these countries. Um, so Kwanzaa is an African-based, African principle-based uh, seven-day uh, renewal harvest uh, for us to renew um, our bonds with our families, as well as renew our commitments to improving ourselves and our communities. What are those uh, seven principles that are that, that are celebrated during those seven days? So those seven principles are collectively known as the Nguzo Saba, uh, the, the, the seven uh, principles of Kwanzaa. Uh, they are Ujima, collective work and responsibility, Ujama, cooperative economics, Nia or Naya, purpose, Kumba, creativity, Emani, faith, Kuji Chakalia, collective work and economics. And finally, uh, the first day of Kwanzaa is Umoja for unity. The general picture of Kwanzaa is often the, I know it's called the Kinara. It looks similar to the menorah for that, that Jewish people have for Hanukkah. And yes. they have the colored candles, the red, black, and the green. For black people, we understand what that symbolizes. But for people who may not get it, what does the red, black, and green stand for? We use those colors uh, to, to symbolize so much, but I think in its simplest way, uh, red is is for the blood of the people. Um, blood has been spilled, blood's been invested, and, and blood that has watered our dreams and our futures. Um, black is obviously for the, the people themselves, and the green is for the uh, richness and abundance of the earth around us. Now, this is a holiday that people do celebrate. You mentioned it's kind of a celebration of reflection. How can families celebrate Kwanzaa? One of the things that we're doing at the African-American Museum this year is inviting Mama uh, Maisha Angoza of the Kwanzaa Cooperative. Uh, important to me, this is our first year working with her. She's going to deliver Kwanzaa 101 um, at 10 a.m. on uh, Sunday, December 26th, the first day of Kwanzaa. The first thing we're going to do is understand uh, the tradition. There is the lighting of, of those candles three red candles, three um, green candles, and one black candle in the center. They're, they're lit in succession in a certain order day by day as we observe each principle. Uh, the sixth or seventh day of Kwanzaa typically comes with a family or community-focused uh, feast or dinner called karamu. Um, but there's also a way to set the table, even for the lighting of those candles, um, to start off your seven-day uh, festival with fresh fruits with gifts um, representative of our dreams for our youth, um, as well as the red, black, and green flag, a, a mat. Um, and, and so there's sort of a certain way to, to set up your table. We will demonstrate it and learn about it at the African-American Museum uh, this year, um, but also something that, that you can actually find uh, going straight to Dr. Karanga's uh, website and, and some of his information. I like to learn directly from him, his intent, for the uh, the season. Now, it sounds like you have celebrated Kwanzaa for years now. I have, but not probably not as long as uh, folks who know me would think. I, I grew up knowing about Kwanzaa like so many folks. Um, in my 20s, I, I began to look into it, but I have to say living in Philadelphia uh, for the past 15 plus years is where I've really explored it and, and taken it uh, organically. Um, into my practice. It's been an iterative process, but I finally feel like I'm, I'm beginning to understand it. Now, Philadelphia is one of those cities that has a kind of a deep connection to holidays. Of course, holidays such as Kwanzaa to the black culture, 
a lot of that that we see, obviously, in the museum. I've been to the museum a few times. It's a wonderful experience being there. I know you've mentioned some of the things that the museum is doing during the week of Kwanzaa. And it's also a holiday that can be celebrated by anyone. I know it's seen as the the black, the pan-African holiday, but anybody can celebrate Kwanzaa. Yes. And and of course, you know, I want to be clear and, and be straight. Uh, you know, I, I will say again, it's it's not a holiday. Um, and therefore, you know, a person who practices in the Christian faith or a person who practices Islam, uh, they're actually and, and I know there are rules um, and what folks can do. But in terms of being a part of this or having a principle, you know, driven uh, look at the new year. Uh, from December 26th to January 1st is something anyone can get into. So I do move away from calling it a holiday. Um, but but having said that, one of the original, you know, principles that Dr. Karenga did put out was that Kwanzaa originally was intended only for African-American communities and for those of the diaspora. It has greatly expanded in its practice in the 50 plus years uh, since that, that first, you know, that decree was first made. And, and so we're still learning how to um, share the observance of Kwanzaa with broader and broader communities uh, without eroding those original uh, principles. I, this is actually the first time I've really heard somebody kind of explain it is don't look at it as a holiday per se, but more as a celebration. And that and that makes total sense. And people can definitely come to the museum and check out everything that's happening around Kwanzaa. We've still got a few days before Christmas. What else is happening at the museum as we head into this Christmas week? And are there any other celebrations that you want to tell us about? Well, we um, we just wrapped up a, a, a great couple of weekends with a, an African-American museum in Philadelphia uh, sponsored uh, Santa Claus over at Franklin Square Park. And so this week we are uh, relatively quiet moving towards the Christmas holiday. Um, we kick off uh, explosively uh, from December 26th through, um, through December 30th. Uh, through our Kwanzaa celebrations. So on December 26th and December 30th, that's Sunday and Thursday, the principles on those dates are Umoja, uh, which is unity and Naya or purpose, uh, respectively. Uh, the museum will be open from 9.30 till 5 on the 26th and 10 a.m. until 5 p.m. on the 30th. Exploring those principles, uh, once again, I already talked about the uh, Kwanzaa 101 presentation by uh, Maisha Angoza, where we can really learn from the original teachers what the day is supposed to be about. But we also get to explore those principles uh, through one partnership I'm excited about. Uh, the Black doctors at, at Penn Medicine are going to come through and uh, talk to us about wellness and self-care. Um, and so this year we're looking at, at Kwanzaa through this lens of healing um, and how to put back together our fractured communities. We're also paying attention to uh, things like uh, pandemic fatigue, vaccine fatigue, and just being able to answer questions, hopefully from uh, trusted Black doctors that, that our community um, will appreciate seeing at the museum and also hearing from. Um, everything we're doing, we're doing virtually, wherever possible, so folks will be able to participate through Zoom. Uh, but also on those dates, the museum itself will actually be open. Uh, we'll have drum circles candle lighting and storytelling with keepers of the culture, um, as well as some uh, arts and crafts uh, virtually offered through Original Seeds Expression. So uh, we, we expect it to be something that anyone can plug into of any age. Uh, we encourage folks to, to check out the calendar. Uh, moving beyond that, every evening, 5.30 till 7.30, the African-American Museum will also sponsor a, a group called Sisters Laying Down Hands, 
um, outdoors at Franklin Square Park. So if you're uh, at the museum and want to continue the day uh, from December 26th through December 30th, every evening for two hours, we'll have arts and crafts, uh, music, and further interpretation of the Kwanzaa season uh, with our partners just down the street of Franklin Square Park. And just to be clear, how can people find out more information on all that's happening at the uh, African American Museum of Philadelphia? Thank you for asking. Uh, our website, of course, is www.aampmuseum.org, or you can reach us through all of the uh, familiar social media portals and listen uh, to, to shows like yours um, to find out more. Uh, but please reach out, uh, find out what's going on, and we'll be happy to uh, tell you what's happening at AMP or anywhere else around the city uh, during the season. It's Ivan Henderson, the Vice President of Programming at the African American Museum of Philadelphia. Ivan, thank you so much for joining us for this episode of The Rundown. Thank you for having us. And The Rundown is a production of KYW News Radio Original Podcast. The show is produced by Sabrina Boyd-Circa and Brian Seltzer. The director of podcasting for KYW News Radio is Tom Rickard. I'm Jay Scott Smith. You can follow me on Twitter at Jay Scott Smith. It's real Jay Scott Smith on Instagram and Facebook. You can hear me every afternoon on KYW News Radio starting at 3 o'clock for Philadelphia's Afternoon News. It's on 103.9 FM, 1060 AM, and on the Odyssey app. Be sure to follow The Rundown on Twitter at The Rundown PHL and listen for free again on the Odyssey app or just about wherever you get your podcasts. We're off until the new year. We're going to see you in January. So we wish you a safe and happy holiday. Merry Christmas, happy Kwanzaa, and of course, happy new year. And as always, thanks for checking us out on The Rundown. We'll see you again in 2022.